Long days and pleasant nights. Welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this show, we are usually discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. But as we are currently on hiatus in between books, we will be talking about book four of Stephen King's Dark Tower saga, Wizard and Glass. Your favorite! Uh, Just as soon as we reach Topeka. (laughs) But... But we won't be braving the oil fields of Midworld alone, as today we are joined by a special guest. Very special. Very special. Very. He is the host of such shows as Deep in Bear Country, It's Del Toro Time, and Pizza Toast. (laughs) It's Phil Gonzalez. It sounds so stupid when you say them all together like that. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) What an eclectic eclectic bunch. Thank you so much for having me. What makes me special? Why am I special? Phil, I have wanted to get you on one of my shows since I've been podcasting, which has been for a while now. And I don't think I've ever done anything that has remotely interested you. And just the fact that I've (laughs) finally got something that you're like interested in, I feel a great sense of accomplishment. And he's so polite about it, too. You'll just be kind of like, so we have this podcast. We talk about Dune. And he's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) well, it's funny. I have read. Dune. Like, I have read the first, like, four books of Dune, and not terribly long ago. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I could actually add anything to the conversation. Sure. I'm I'm not sure that I was going to (laughs) say. No, because because my stance on Dune has always just been, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. fine. Like, so I don't have any big opinions, but I've got big opinions about the Dark Tower series. Well, yes. I'm also especially glad because you're here for this book in particular, because the la- one of the, the first time, I think, that I was on Deep in Bear Country, we got to make a lot of jokes about Wizard of Glass because somehow it was relevant. It was because that was the uh, the Berenstain Bears book that involved a seeing uh, orb, a, yes. a magic, a, oh. a legitimately magic crystal ball that like that the grandmother was using country. to see the yeah. future and it was taking over her life. That's amazing. <laughs> Yes, Grizzly Gran of the Coos. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, I know that you said you had a lot a lot to say about this book in particular. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, I do. I do. That's very it's very much uh would you like me to say anything? I I don't know. Do yeah. you want me to talk right now? <laughs> Launch into it, dude. Just have at it. What well, I don't know. Did- I mean, I don't know what you guys' history, like, were you reading these books as they came out? I was not. Um, I read them later. So I was not for the first three. I read, (laughs) okay, so I read the third one first, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is crazy, but it was so good and so intriguing that I went back and read the other two, then I read the whole thing, like, in a, in, you know, as they're meant to be read, and then waited seven years for this book to come yeah. out. <laughs> so, 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 so you and so I are book, kind of in the same boat. Yeah. So this one through the end, I read as they came out. Yeah. Uh, like I, I read, I read the first three in high school just cause I was such a Stephen King fanatic. And so I just mm. read everything. And I don't think, I think I started reading his books as they were published with needful things. That was the first one. I think mm-hmm. I was like, yoink. And, yeah. but then I read these and I mean, as, as you know, like, the Gunslinger is a weird novel. Not the new version, but especially the original mm. version. Oh yeah. Like it's, oh yeah. It's like it's like a just this weird, just it's so trippy and strange. And then he went back and like re re 
reconfigured it and rewrote it, and I don't think it's as powerful anymore. But then the next two books are just solid works of fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then there, like said, there was this gap, and and he wrote a bunch <laughs> of other stuff. And then I went off to college, and then my senior year, the, the summer before my senior year, they were like, "We're finally getting the next Dark Tower book," and I was so excited. And it was, yeah. it was the fall of my senior year. They released the opening chapter, I believe, online. I remember that, <laughs> and it was. I remember I was sitting in the in the computer lab at, at, in school. It was 1997, mm. sitting in the computer lab and reading this chapter and rushing off to find my friend Dave, who was the other Dark Tower head, and <laughs> just being like, you have to, like, we have, after seven, we have finally gotten, we are finally getting more of this, like, blame, like, because it ended on a cliffhanger. And so, like, a just huge to, cliffhanger. And, <laughs> and to finally get this, like, whole thing. And we were like, what is Wizard in Glass? What's the wizard? What's the glass? What are we going to finally learn? And then when it came out in, I believe I got it for Christmas that year. It came out in November. I got it for Christmas. And just, I think I sat down and read it in one, like, just sitting over, like, Christmas Mm. break. And it was this pivotal turning point in King's career. Like, it was halfway through this book, the Dark Tower series becomes a completely different animal. And mm-hmm. his career becomes a complete. He starts writing differently. He his this is like the gate. Like, he's like after this book, uh, kind of with insomnia. But after this book, mm. he becomes a middle age writer. His <laughs> it's all of his books start becoming like I'm a man of a certain age now, looking back on the past and like yeah. <laughs> worrying about mortality. And this book is really like at the turning point in this book at the at the pivotal the the the, the linchpin of this novel is like you can just sort of see king's career just suddenly go through another like go through its own doorway and become yeah. its own thing and uh this book for better or for worse is a completely different animal than what came before it that's true yes. very true and so where does it rank for you in the series that okay um <laughs> I mean, looking at looking at the Dark Tower series, um, the the books that I've returned to the most were the Drawing of the Three and the Wastelands. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, to Same me, they're ki- they're kind of of a piece. Uh, uh, Wizard and Glass. The st- what's funny is the story of Wizard and Glass. I know very well because of the comic books. Yeah, mm. uh, the adaptation is so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's comics. gorgeous! Yeah. Uh, so as opposed I, to this, where I have to look at Dave McKean, whom I love, but they're so weird. And oh, I'm, I'm like, so no. glad I don't. I'm so glad I don't have the Dave McKean drawings. <laughs> oh, I do, and there they are. You're just like turn a page. Oh. <laughs> and then it's like Little Sisters, Wind Through the yeah. Keyhole. I yeah. really, li- I really like just like the the. Like, to be fair, like this novel, like the 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 flashback story in this novel could have been a, a novella. Like a, mm-hmm. I think later in his yep. career, it would have just been one of these novellas, and it probably oh, would yeah. have sat a little bit better. Yeah. And That'd then the so last, good. I've I've never gone back to the last three books. I just, uh, yeah, I I think I've reread. I ne- I have never gone back to the last one. Mm. Um, I have reread Song of Susanna once. So. I'm really kind of bracing myself for, and I I don't think I've reread <laughs> Wolves of the Cali either. I'm just, I I got kind of, you know, yeah. I, you know, Phil, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with those last three books. So 
I think now if I went back, I think I might appreciate them. I mean, reading them as they came out, they came out just one, two, three. And yeah. you could tell that this was a man who was so afraid he was going to die before he oh, finished yeah. His, yeah. his magnum opus that I would... I'm not really usually a fan of an author going back and redoing their work, but I would love to see <laughs> with a f- couple of decades under his belt now just to yeah. see like what if he was like, OK, now that I know I'm probably not at death's door. <laughs> yeah, because he had his accident and then like he was still in recovery when September 11th happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all, you know, mortality. Ah, scary. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and but it was and really. It- Really nope. comes through in those last three books. Yes. <laughs> Plus, really likes Harry Potter. So yeah, <laughs> maybe that maybe that would change. <laughs> yeah. What does he add? Like that. changes it all to like Percy Jackson references, I guess. <laughs> Alex Ryder. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maximum Ride references. He's a big like James <laughs> Patterson fan. <laughs> well, there's it no just telling. all becomes like. Nosferatu references and you're like no you can't go back and just put in all of your son's stuff come on or he starts working in characters from like his later novels that like no one's really read yeah Aww. <laughs> I, I don't know I, I the last couple books I read are more recent and I'm like okay yeah like this is it, it does hit different than no, those no, early no. books but it's still really good no, King's oh, yeah. a King's a good writer. Like, yeah, even his worst stuff. There's solid. Even the Tommy Knockers has some solid passages. <laughs> in it. I'll give you that. Oh, so should we get into this book then? If yeah. we have to. So you know what we, I don't like, y'all. What I, I know what. Yeah. <laughs> What's with you and riddles? I don't like riddles. I think it's because I'm not. My brain doesn't work in a riddle mm. way. If you ask me a riddle, I will overthink it. Yeah. And then when I hear the answer and it's always, you know, something, I'm just like, oh, well, now I feel dumb. Yeah. Uh, I don't enjoy riddles. And I just, I'm always reading people solving riddles. I'm just like, this is fantastic. (laughs) How can we move past this? I'm speaking to you, Bilbo Baggins. (laughs) Just like... Oh, great. I I would be the wor- most worthless person. Uh, Bo and I have talked frequently about how worthless we would be mm. as yeah. members of a quartet, and this would be the worst. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm unconscious. Oh, no. <laughs> well, even Roland is like, he's just going off riddles he's memorized. Yeah, yeah. he's not actually... He's not figuring them out. No. Mine would be all... Mine would basically begin and end with, like, what is a door, not a door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's a jar. And I'm out. But from a fiction standpoint, like riddles are hard because like you've got as a writer, you've got to figure out a way for someone to win the riddling contest without seeming like uh, bad at riddles. And yeah. so like, even the Hobbit, like he, he cheats, like, he, yeah. like he, he just he asks a question. And this one is kind of an homage to that. where like instead of like asking a hard riddle, they just start asking jokes, which I think is kind of brilliant. But also like, oh, they found a, like you always have to find a loophole to win at a riddling contest because you're yeah. up against a supercomputer. It's like playing chess against Deep Blue. You're not going to like beat it at chess. You've got to like <laughs> you've got to like throw the throw your whiskey on the in the mainframe like uh, McCready does in the thing you just gotta like <laughs> that's the only way you're gonna beat the super smart computer yeah and I or just, I just... shoot it <laughs> right. yeah basically yeah <laughs> so just 
we're all we're all on a super fast train. It's nuts. It's talking at us. And I yeah, I'd just be like, oh no, I hit my head really hard. <laughs> this it, section goes on a lot longer than I remembered it too. It, it does. Really does. I really remembered it being very short. And I remember because I, I famously 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 <laughs> do not care for this book. And part of it was because I felt like it just kind of and now this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I also do not enjoy stories that you're hearing from someone else's perspective where it doesn't make sense that what they're telling you is anything they would have known. Oh, I see. Uh, And also, I find it weird when people describe sex scenes and, you know, (laughs) that they're telling all their buddies about it. I find it weird when Stephen King describes sex scenes. That as well. I honestly wish he'd stop doing that. <laughs> I would be totally Always. okay if he never had another Always. sex scene. I would be book. totally okay if Stephen King, okay, and I'm, maybe he has, I don't know, he's an older gentleman now. Sure. But this was the book where I was like, oh, okay. And, and we'll get to this, but Stephen when Stephen King writes sex, not just sex, but like, but arousal, like people who are having sexual yeah. thoughts, mm-hmm. he has, you can like, if you if your character is a woman he considers unattractive, if you have sexual thoughts, that's a bad thing. If yes. you are an old withered woman, or say like a, a larger middle aged woman, those women never have sexual thoughts ex- unless it's an aberration or indication yeah. that they are they are off somehow. Young beautiful women, yes. And so <laughs> when Rhea of the Coos. Mm-hmm. is described having sexual thoughts and feelings. That's supposed mm-hmm. to be an indication that like something is terribly wrong in the world. And reading this book, there's so much of that. I'm like, we get it, mm-hmm. dude. You find this woman unappealing. You find this woman's body gross. And it, and I'm like, but it's not, but we're supposed as readers, we're supposed to be like shivering and like creepy like, "Ooh, this is bad." But I'm like, dude, <laughs> we your own like your own problems are, sh- are shining through here. Like your psyche your, is is coming through. Like yeah, we and get like, it. Have you let Have you let Tabitha read some of this, my dude? Because you've been married a really long time. So. Well, I mean, I I've mean, read Tab- I've read Tabitha's stuff too, and I can't well, yeah. say I can't say her stuff is any healthier. The two of them are <laughs> he, very he, happily so he, married. He wrote himself into this one as the mayor, I guess. Then. <laughs> Wait, did and you read, do you not, know that for a fact, or is that like no, your own? I she's... Okay, no, good. I, it's I just like, my I can't conjecture. Imagine King in an interview being like, "Well, you know, I wrote myself into this as the mayor." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no. Yeah, he. It's and also not only is it a negative thing because then they always also the older women also have weird sexual thoughts. They're yes. never just like, oh. There's an attractive man or woman. I'd mm-hmm. like to have sexual relations with them. It's always and weird. And God forbid a fat woman. Oh, want, God. Want no. to have sex. And yeah, we've been <laughs> over like that. A, but like, that's like a whole plot Rhea, point of needful things. Yep. Oh, yep. I know. <laughs> yeah. And Rhea then also has to be a predatory lesbian. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay. Great. And also, did you know that? Her nethers were dry. If you didn't know that, uh, you're going to be well aware of that by the end of her first chapter. Yeah. Well, I will, I will say in fairness that I think everyone over a certain age in the series immediately becomes about 170. 
<laughs> so honestly, at that point, I mean, what are you doing? I guess that's true. Yeah, I don't see how anybody could ever get aroused in this world. It just seems like an awful oh place God. to be. Why? Yeah. yeah. Roland. <laughs> Roland. And I don't mean this Roland. I don't mean like 14-year-old Roland because he's 14. I mean, a stiff breeze blew by. Right. Well, but was... I mean, like, quote unquote, current Roland. Who yeah. it's like Roland? We don't have time for this. It's not so bad in this book. Not so bad in this book, but it's yet to no. come. So, do you think his friends were sitting around the fire hearing him tell this story? Do you think he was going into like really deep detail, or was it just yeah. like this yeah. is in his mind? Because uh, at, uh, at at some point in the book, Eddie says, "How do you know all of this?" Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie's just like, like also let's back up on that. In front of my wife, dude. In front of my wife. (laughs) Right. (laughs) In front of this little boy. This little boy is sitting here, Roland. Yeah. There's a little boy and my wife. Could we not? Yeah. (laughs) Well, imagine how embarrassed poor Jake must be. Jake's just like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a father figure to me, and I I don't want to hear this. (laughs) I'm too young for this. It's like when a friend of the show, Brian Skinner, when his daughter is in the room and he's playing video games, she'll say, this is too grown up for me and just leave the room. Yeah. She's the best. <laughs> I can see Jake, Jake tapping out early on in this story and just being like, like, come oh, on, boy. I'm tired. What is, that, I'm go. what is that old woman doing? Okay, I'm gone. Yeah. Merlin's what? Okay, forget it. I'm going to go take Oi for a walk. <laughs> well, because I mean, earlier when... When Blaine is just like, how about I give you some weird sex fantasies, little kid? And he's like, oh, I'm okay. Right. (laughs) Thank you, Robot Train, but no. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) It was going to be like a weird, it was going to be weird, like, virtual pornography, like in uh, the Star Wars Christmas special. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He's just like, oh, I'm good. We never got a Dark Tower Christmas special from Stephen King. Oh, the, the worst. I th- this no, kind of is no, that thank though. You. <laughs> this is kind of oh the Dark God. Tower Christmas special. Like if if like if like Char Yu Tree and all that is like their like Christmas. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> what a holly jolly time it is. <laughs> oh, should we? Um, I guess we should okay. probably talk about who some of these people are. Okay, so we start back where we ended off, which is on playing the mono. Uh, yeah, taking our gang to Topeka, but. He's insane and mm. is like, how about we all have a real contest or I kill you? Hmm. Just, you know, hey, I'm a train. <laughs> As trains do. Uh, right. His name is Blaine, yeah, which I don't enjoy. <laughs> I don't know why. It just no. is like, ugh. It's, it's so very Andrew 80s McCarthy movie. And, yes, and thank you. Uh, speaking of ruined, I'd also like to state for the record that my middle name is Patricia. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww. Aww. laughs> the other train. But I, I do at least want to touch on Topeka, if nothing else, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they do like Eddie is the one that ends up, as Phil said, like just throwing jokes at it and basically fries the computer. It yeah. just annoys him to death. <laughs> right. Yeah. He Thanks, just Eddie. basically annoys him to death. And shoots him after like after like a hundred pages of eddie like trying to remember something and then Mm. finally you're like jokes i can tell jokes because i'm a funny guy like that's pretty much (laughs) it 
Yeah. He, well, something and, my bro- my brothers always used to, he used to call me something and I was the, I was the, what is it I'm trying to? And finally he's just like, oh yeah, the, the train doesn't like it when I tell jokes. And then he just, yeah, he just tells jokes. At it. And it, it literally takes like a hundred pages to get there. It does. You're not, and you're also, not exaggerating. this is after a majority of those pages being Roland going, Eddie, how about you don't talk? Right. Right. Yeah. Why don't you shut, shut your up? mouth, Eddie. <laughs> the Mandalorian? Yeah. <laughs> um, what a crossover from, event. I was going to say, they're cut from the same cloth. It's, they really yeah. are. <laughs> if Roland had gotten a baby, though, he'd have been like, well, no, I'm sorry. This isn't happening. <laughs> right. I'm going to put you right here. Goodbye. God, I shudder to think what would happen to a baby in any of these stories. Oh, God. Well, oh, well I think, you know, we kind of know. We kind of know. I guess we do, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, speaking of crossovers, Topeka. Mm-hmm. Topeka. It's it's not Jake and Suzanne and Eddie's Topeka, I wouldn't say. It's it's the Topeka of the stand. Yeah. Or so, is it? Another dot, dot, dot. stand. Yeah. Yeah. Question mark? Yeah, well, we know the differences are so blatant that we're right. not actually in the stand. Uh, uh, is this the is this the one with Nozzle Cola? Yes. yes. I hate that name so much. That's always bothered me. Like McKin- it doesn't sound like a, a soda name anyone would ever actually come up with. No. No. And the Kansas City Monarchs, which doesn't even roll off the tongue. Nothing <laughs> Royals makes any more sense. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a reason it's called that. Please don't at me. I don't particularly care why sports teams are called what they are but they that that's another thing that in this circumstance would probably take me a minute or two like when eddie's just like well maybe it's like the triple a team and jake's like no that's still the royals i'd be like okay kid i don't know (laughs) i know it's usually the kansas city royals it's like i don't know cars how am i supposed to know what it took a takuro spirit could be a thing for all i know right like they have different car companies around the world like in Mm -hmm. japan there are car companies that don't come here so okay Mm -hmm. somebody had it imported oh yeah yeah yeah. And the one weird restaurant, it's Boing Boing Burger. Now again, that I would try. That but, I would but try. Again, what is with it? It's like these are both these are both brand names that would never exist. He's no. not an advertising guy. He's Stephen King. It's like when it's like when a, a TV show tries to do their like McDonald's like fake <laughs> McDonald's, and it's always like Clown Town Burger, and I'm like, no, it wouldn't be Clown Town. It would be like Stevenson's Burgers. Like it would just <laughs> you're trying Clown- too hard. Clown dog from uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, yeah. Now that's a deep cut. (laughs) Only, only in this brain. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would have a terrible time coming up with names like that because it's just, it's it's tough, you know, when you're trying Mm -hmm. to think of something that would be equally as catchy as Coca-Cola is in this world. But yeah, it's true that I also like that Suzanne is basically like, Hey, Eddie, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you mention this worldwide plague that killed yeah. all these people? And he's like, whoa, 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 babe. I did not know about that. <laughs> I like that it took him a moment or two because he was like, I was on a lot of drugs. Right. At least we didn't get like, baby, can you dig your man coming out of like a <laughs> oh radio my God. or anything. <laughs> you know, I am just on tenterhooks about this new miniseries because I want to see, <laughs> I want to hear Larry's big hit. 
but what, what what's funny is if, if like if Larry Underwood showed up in this book, like and he and Eddie encountered each other, they oh, would God. like dissolve like time cop because they're oh, basically yeah. the same character. The same character, yeah. They would merge together like Station. Yes, and <laughs> took a super a super tall Stephen King character who just spouts nonsense like japes and jokes. <laughs> and just calls women their wives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get the circumstances, but I, yeah, it's both of them are just like, oh, by the way, this is my wife. It's like, but is it okay? We do get mercifully very little uh, Stephen King writing like Odetta's like inner mm. monologue, the like mm. uncomfortable like white guy trying to write this woman's like speech patterns like that that shone through a lot in the earlier novels and i'm so glad that he keeps it to a minimum in this one i will say that what i had forgotten and i shan't repeat it i had forgotten what eddie refers to the uh handicap parking as oh yeah oh yeah uh okay yep uh we're not not, repeating it we're not repeating it but you know you can look it up or if you've read the book you know but it was just like oh edward (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not exactly a... He did grow up in a life of crime. So Okay, but still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was just the first... Because I, I always have liked the part where every time he says black, Susanna's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, like because, you know, terminology changes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it would be kind of nice if maybe any of them respected that she's like, please don't call me that because it's a little weird. But right, uh, the fact that in this one, he's just like, I have this great idea. And it's a very sweet idea where he's like, I bet some of these will have a wheelchair and yeah. it'll be like a newer modern wheelchair and that'll be, you know, really needed. But then he has to use a slur. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Eddie. Which he had to know was a slur. Like it's yes. not, he didn't come from like the 1920s. Like this is. Yeah. Even Jake was like, what? What are you doing? Oh. Yeah. What are those words Luckily, coming out of your mouth? Susanna's just excited that such a thing exists. She's just like, hey, look at that. They yeah. finally were like, hey, you probably want a closer Perkins spot. <laughs> right. I mean, it's still not great, but, no. you know. <laughs> also, she had a driver. I want to point that out. Like, oh, that's yes. true. Susanna, that's true. you're also working on a different socioeconomic class than <laughs> everyone else. That's true. I do like that every so often that comes up where, you know, obviously, you know, she was dealing with all kinds of of discrimination and racism. But every so often she's just like, oh, yeah, that store. And they're like, oh, right, you're rich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) before they start uh, hiking out of um, out of Topeka, they do meet our our good friend, Charlie, the choo choo. That's right. Who is the worst statue of all time. (laughs) <laughs> well, we know that Charlie the Choo Choo is like a terrifying like vi- like image, like regardless of its yeah, it's just this yeah. horrible looking thing. Yeah, but just the fact that they're like, oh wow, look at the- okay, we're gonna keep going. Yeah, like, <laughs> is wow. this the is this the first time uh, that you know, other than like say like Eyes of the Dragon, that we've gotten an explicit crossover now with another Stephen King novel. Um, did this come out before or after Insomnia? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's right. Insomnia. Yeah. Insomnia, the the interesting premise. Now what's going on? Oh, wait, it's just it, a Dark Tower book? And then yeah. they never follow through with it. <laughs> yeah, in, Insomnia is definitely, like, I call it, like, Dark Tower, like, 3.5. Yeah, but only, it, it only the last, like, two there. chapters. Yeah. Yeah. 
um it's weird <laughs> yeah it's weird it's a good book it's weird i don't know yeah i feel like i feel like he got a great premise and then mm. he decided later on to tie it into the dark tower and i really wish he had just kept it with its original like concept yeah. because uh, that was he also has to take it always that step further and mm. i mean and i don't want to do a super comparison uh but I have found that one thing that I enjoy that Joe Hill does is that there's just the occasional thing where if you've read one of his other books, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it's not a huge part of the plot or anything. It's just, mm -hmm. this is a weird universe full of weird things that happen, and here's a reference to another weird thing, because right. what a world. Yeah. But yeah, I with know... Stephen King, there's always a little bit more of the like, hey, I'm an entire character. Here I am. Yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I really want to know why Peter Straub let him write that second talisman book as a Dark Tower novel. Like, mm. Peter, your job is to rein him in yeah. <laughs> a little bit when he starts getting like that. But no, that, nah. that book is also a total, like, fits right into, like, the last four Dark Tower books. And mm. as so, like, the talisman is one of my favorite books in the world. And reading that book, like, as a Dark Tower book, it's not bad. But as a book itself, I hated it. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have any particular feelings about it, one way or the other. Uh, uh, I just found I find like his whole like once when I read Insomnia and I was like, oh, he's going big with this. I wonder Aww. what's coming up. And then of course he just goes <laughs> buck wild like later on in the other books. Like it just it loses. And then like just every book has to, like every time a character is like, how many of this are there? Nineteen. And they're like, I get it. Like I oh, it, it, ka, ka is like a wheel, and we're all on the ka and the thing, like on the path of the yeah. beam. We get it, Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, mm. our little band of travelers there hiking down the the freeway the interstate whatever it's all abandoned everyone's dead they start seeing this big castle looking structure up ahead and roland doesn't want to say anything about it he doesn't want to get into it <laughs> those are like... such every time because eddie's just like hey you have the best eyesight can you tell what's going on he's like yep <laughs> <laughs> it's like how annoying would it be to travel with this guy so annoying it, but but can you imagine them rolling like turning to the group and just being like, okay, look, <laughs> for, for, for it's going to be a while, but we are going to get to something that is going to be a weird pop culture reference that I don't know if any of you guys are ready to like fully comprehend. Like this is what this story is going to be going on. So I'm putting I'm putting that on hold for a while. I'm going to tell you a little tale about my childhood. He's like, I have exactly. no idea what is actually going on. I could tell right. you what I see, but I don't understand it. And I really don't want to hear you guys talk. Uh, so we're going to keep moving. Yeah. And so... eat more burritos. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot to mention the thinny mm. in, Kansas, yeah. Or in Topeka. Yeah. Yeah. So as they're walking, they, they hear this horrible sound. It's really gross. They uh, Both Jake and Susanna think about a guy with a saw in Central Park. Mm -hmm. uh, shaking the saw. Uh, Tom Waits. Kind of yeah, it, it, it would have to be. If this was a movie, <laughs> you know that would be Tom Waits. So, oh my god, amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's called a thinny. Roland has some kind of flashback. He passes out after saying something about Susan. Susanna's like, who's this woman with my name? 
So they're not right. the same name, Susanna. I yeah, think you just like, need to take a yeah. moment <laughs> and step back from this because every time he says the name Susan, she's like, well, my name is Susanna, and that's pretty weird. And it's like, well, <laughs> okay, I mean, kind of. Okay, but... Susanna, hold, we hold get on it. a second. We're going to get to your weird stuff later. Like, is it? It's like if someone says they know someone named Margaret, I'm not like, my name right. is yeah. Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with Paul, though. I'm like, Paul, I'm kind of named Paul. <laughs> and the Pauls are going, what? What? Huh? Like, I am. Yeah. We I just disappear. <laughs> is this like, our Ooh. first encounter with a thinny? Yeah. Yeah. This, this is where they're introduced? Okay. Yeah. Because they so, become like a big thing. Yeah. yeah, they do. And, you know, he wants to tell the story of when he first encountered one, what he knows about it. A few nights later, story ever told. they sit down to tell the longest story okay. ever told. But first yeah. he has to be like, okay, here's a warm up to my bigger story. But equally <laughs> as gross. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about after that time that I became the youngest gunslinger and I defeated court. Let me tell you about how that I went to a brothel. I lost my virginity. And then my dad came in. And I had to be like, by the way, you're, you're my mom's having an affair. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And your, my dad was like, "Yeah, I know." And meanwhile, Roland's like, "Can I get dressed?" <laughs> yeah, hi, Dad. And it's just, everyone's like, "Oh, wow, good story, Roland." Like, what? No. <laughs> and this begins the weird retconning of this is where like it all starts. He, Stephen King starts retconning his earlier stuff because originally Martin and Walter were two separate characters, mm-hmm. yeah. and I loved that. Me too. I, I liked that there were all these like kind of like scuzzy magic users and scuzzy like followers of this whatever who were kind of like working with each other or like aware of each other. Uh, but they all were they all were of different power sets and they all had different roles to play in the story. And I didn't like that King started just saying like, oh, no, Walter and Martin were the same guy. And there's only mm-hmm. just one guy. There's just this one guy because I'm like. I, there can be more bad like uh, it and then it th- yeah, it's the end of this one where he's like by the way did i mention yeah. like, no no don't do it oh don't do it <laughs> yeah. i was so happy at first and then i was like oh no yeah. don't do it we're gonna save that for part two. yeah okay yeah. i just had to get my like frustration out no because no. y- this was also one for me because i read initially i read the original version of the gunslinger Uh, Mm. i didn't read the redone version until after i'd finished more of them and i remember being very confused reading this one because there's a specific reference in the original gunslinger when he uh he sees like basically there's some reference to like how women don't wear pants Mm -hmm. and then like susan's wearing jeans all the time right (laughs) and i was just like hey wait a minute you literally know a chick who's wearing pants, but then it was like he changed that to like, except when they were like riding horses. Yeah, except when it was Susan Delgado Cotet Billy Bumbler 19 Crimson King. Oi, 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 here they come. As, as that rewrite became. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, and poor susan but oh and another big thing before we leave uh topeka is that susanna might be pregnant yeah oh yeah uh, 
Which, first of all, Susanna, you and Eddie kind of had to have known this was a thing because you've had a lot of sex Mm -hmm. near Roland, who you know is awake. (laughs) I I discussed that in our last episode. Uh, There's just so specific references to them being like, well, we're pretty sure Roland's asleep. Here we go. It's like, guys, he hears everything. A nice, quiet hump. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then... I'm sure Roland appreciates their, their, you know, they're being courteous. They're being quiet. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure he does. Fantastic. But, But they're worried that the baby might not be Eddie's. Yeah, Roland is. Roland is because he kind of, Susanna is just sort of thinking about it because I think at this point she's kind of noticed that her period is late and she's excited, but because she thinks, you know, it's Eddie's, Roland kind of notices that when they're climbing down off of the train, she, you know, grabs her stomach and he's just like, uh, hi, you doing okay? And she doesn't say anything. She's just like, well, we can talk about that later. Like, it's fine. And he's like, oh, damn it. He does, <laughs> First of he all, has... this is awkward. And second of all, <laughs> she had sex with a demon. Right. Yes. And that's never a good thing. No. No. <laughs> Why would you ever be excited to be pregnant in this world? Never. No, not even if you knew for a fact that it was your husband. Right. It's just like, <laughs> like Also, I'm sorry, Eddie, but road. like, uh, IV drug users at times do not make good decisions. Mm. True. Uh, yes. But of course, I mean, you know, and it's just like, ah. Yeah. You know, there's just, there's so many things like that where I'm like, guys, you got to stop. It's how I felt <laughs> when I used to watch Walking Dead. I was always like, you got to stop having sex, guys. Yeah. What are you all doing? <laughs> yeah. These are choices. <laughs> yeah, I don't think choices. I could ever have sex in the Walking Dead world. No, gross. No. Yeah. Maybe once they're like settled somewhere. But even then, Maybe. it's like no one ever still showers. So it's like, no. Sorry, right. guys. Plus, it's mm-hmm. like, remember all those like Walking Dead bodies we've seen? <laughs> I just don't think it gets. Gross, right? I no, I could never s- be aroused again. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, I do like speaking of dead bodies when Jake is like, uh, "Are they runny?" Yeah. Oh yeah. And Roland's like, "No, they're dry." It's like, "Oh yeah." Aww. I like that Roland gets it because at first he's like, "What are you talking?" Oh, oh. <laughs> no, just mummies, kid. It's fine. Yeah, we can deal with mummies. I could deal with a mummy. I mean, I wouldn't want to particularly, but I don't want to see runny, like dead bodies either. Especially in the stand world where everyone was just dying. And How did they kinds... not get sick in the stand world? Is it because it's in a different world? Because we know from the stand that, like, the the disease hangs around. Yeah. Mm. I think because that's an extra bump that he just didn't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it was just, you know, we're going to skip that kind of concept. Because I thought about that, too, when I was rereading, that no one ever stops to worry about that even. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm sure Roland's body is made up entirely of disease, as shown in the movie. In the movie, it, when he goes to the emergency room, and they're like, uh, you have 17 strands of hepatitis. Literally the only good scene in the movie. Because of being like, you have radiation poisoning and like 18 different diseases. We need you to sit right there. And he's like, I will not. I'm Idris Elba. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it was just one thing beat too much yes which mm. for Stephen king right on you dude he's the king of one beat too much <laughs> one uh, beat too much i think in this is already Susanna maybe being pregnant yes. right yeah 
So we're going to get into Roland's backstory then. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened after him and his dad had this awesome talk in the in a prostitute's room? His dad was like, you got to get out of town. It's not gotta... safe for you anymore. Because you're kind of a jerk. I, you're an idiot. I do, I do like the part where he's like, I knew ever since you were a baby that you weren't a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't think you were this stupid. That's such a dad thing to say. Yeah. Like, I never thought you were smart. But I didn't think you were stupid. Like, oh, thanks, Dad. Uh, he's so not stupid. He... He's just 15, you know? He's just an idiot. Yeah. I think all 15-year-olds are stupid. It's true. So they get sent out on the uh, the road. It's it's him and Cuthbert and Alan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Jamie. Sorry, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you could be in the comic book. Uh. And they head, they head west. I do like when Jake is like, is your story a western? He's like, well, it does take place in the west. Right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It is kind of a western. And I yeah. would say it's the most western of the books since the first one. I just like that he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's like, it does, in fact, take place in the west. That's weird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why you'd have to make it a whole genre, but all right. <laughs> uh, but first, you have to hear uh, about Susan and her horrible life. <laughs> yeah. The worst life Susan. of all. It's interesting. Roland's so, first love. So mm. this is where this, this is where this, like, up until this point, this whole series has been, like, weird fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, with, like, hints and drips and drabs of what this world is like and... Uh, but it, you can tell that it's like this sort of big mash up of genres. And this is the first time it ever like settles into a specific like milieu for a long mm-hmm. time. Like we are now we are building a world like we're going to we are going to expand this one little town. You're going to get to know these characters. You're going to get to know this setting and like the politics like you get really into like. Yeah. The uh, like the it, it gets very uh, just it gets very high fantasy at this point with like mm-hmm. the, the 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 different like towns and the businesses and like how they're like how they're trying to like work with like the the army and like there there's you know like it's there's a lot there's a lot going on and yeah. it's a real just genre shock uh, yeah the, the first time you read it yeah even the a lot whole... of world building in this yeah mm-hmm. even just like you know Susan's whole what she thinks is, you know, the, her plan for her life, which is that she's going to be the, the mayor's mistress uh, so that he can hopefully have a son and how that's, you know, there's lengthy legal things attached to this. You know, it's not just him being like, yeah, that one. Yeah. You know, he yeah. has to, it has, she has to be, you know, quote unquote verified that she's innocent. She has to, you know, Basically, because this is still a world where things have gone very wrong, she has to have a child that's, you know, not a mutant. Mm-hmm. And, and preferably not a girl. And preferably oh, not a girl. <laughs> and then, you know, but it's also then she and her, her aunt will get their land. And it's just, it's just, even all that is just so, like, this is a very important thing. This isn't just... Well, he said he likes you, so he has to. It's like, nope, this is, we have to like sign papers, and yeah. mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. Which is actually good, because then it does make it a little more justified when people take it so very badly, mm-hmm. when it doesn't happen. Plus Not that, it, I mean, I don't think that, you know... A... Sorry. It, no, no, it no, does, no, no. It puts a ticking clock on everything, mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I, I like it because we're looking at this, I mean, we're looking at this sort of society, this class structure, and that kind of makes sense for that. I mean, it, it sort of reminded me of like, pardon this, but I, it reminded me a bit of like when people get engaged in a Jane Austen novel, like you have to settle on your mm-hmm. daughter and you have to, like the husband has to make certain legal agreements and they have to go to the solicitor and have all this paperwork drawn up. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it, marriage um, is quite different than, hey, you're going to have my babies, but. And it's also, you know, just the little things like when she is annoyed that she has to wear an apron to go visit Rhea, but that's what you do. Like, mm-hmm. you can't go out without your apron on. And when she is going to, you know, quote unquote, Will says, you know, well, you could ride my horse. And she's like, no, I'm in a dress. I can't ride a horse in front of a man that I don't know. Like, right. <laughs> like, that would just, yeah, I'd be ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that does bug me about this, and it's, I think this is something that happens in a lot of, of Western stuff, is how everyone's kind of vaguely speaking Spanish, mm. and everyone vaguely has, like, Spanish last names and stuff, but everyone's very white. There, But there are <laughs> definitely characters in the book who seem to come from outside the town who seem to be Mexican? But that all just servants. sort of makes it worse. Yeah. It's interesting. It's weird. I'm like, oh, like, I think King gets away with it because the book is so, like, well, there's a lot of weird, like, bleeding in from the other world. Like, who mm. knows, like, how this came up? Like, I think he's given himself that weird out of being mm-hmm. like, ah, it's the world's, things are weird. The beam is broken. <laughs> like, here come the Mexicans, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> They're well, all the like, servants. You know, Susan talks about her father and, you know, there's part of that where she's talking about how he was, you know, he, his name is Patrick and he had red hair mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, so, you know, she's blonde and everything. And like, obviously there are, you know, Mexican people who are blonde and whatever, yeah. but it's just so like, oh, I'm Susan Delgado. Like yeah. I'm now I'm speaking kind of Spanish to, to Rhea and you're like, what's happening right now? Like, well, I guess that to awkward. me, that to me makes it seem very Texas. Okay. Um, it's, uh, there's so much. I mean, I, that's where I grew up, and uh, and there's there is that there. This kind of casual throwing around of what you might think of like as as Mexican culture and uh, 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 dialogue and uh, what's the word? Uh, like uh, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Um, ah, just, words, just, just words, just words, just words. <laughs> <laughs> um, it all just sort of seeps in. Yeah, and. Yeah. I guess to me, it's the, the the casualness of that makes it seem very like kind of lived in. Like, oh yeah, this is just they. And they... that's yeah, no, and I I totally like that and that. You know, I've never lived in Texas, so that you know you know more about that than I do. It's just one of those things where, as much as I love Stephen King, I don't always expect the best of him. No, 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 no. <laughs> and so when there's just so many references to like Susan Delgado and her beautiful blonde hair, and it's like. <laughs> especially compared to the fact that you know when you get more of you know servants coming in and they're more you know dark hair dark as, skin. yeah right. and it's like yeah. i guess okay. to me like i mean not to get too into the weeds but like to me like delgado 
a, a blonde to me she could like that's very spanish as opposed mm-hmm. to mexican okay. and so like in south texas especially there is a, fa- a, a a distinct line in many places between the spanish people and the mexican people like and Zorro. there's a deference uh and a resentment from a lot mm-hmm. of the like the like the more native mexican uh uh people to like people who are perceived as spanish and you know kind of from a higher station who kind of throw their weight around. And uh, mm-hmm. I had a friend who was uh, uh, in college who was redheaded and lived in South, South, South Texas, right at the border. And people always assumed she was Spanish because even though she was Mexican uh, because of her red hair and they treated her very differently uh, uh, and it made her very uncomfortable. And so I see this like, oh yeah, like this is like a, a border. It's like a kind of a border town, like a weird, like, I mean, and I guess like in the in the world of the Dark Tower, they're all border towns. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I guess I guess that's why I saw it more as just like kind of like uh, color for the like, okay. and it made it feel like almost like a Louis L'Amour story. Oh, I can see that for sure. I just don't. I will also just concede that I don't enjoy westerns, and I think ah. the only western <laughs> I've ever read was Blood Meridian. <laughs> Oh, well, so oh, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a one. There, there's there's uh, a, there's a book. <laughs> so, and I watched The Mandalorian. So, like, there we go. And I used to watch that Zorro show that was on Disney Channel. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh, and I watched The Young Riders because it was the '80s, and of course I did. Oh, did you see? Yeah. Did you see Young Guns? I, I did see Young Lonesome Guns and Young Guns too. Yeah. Okay, and I've seen Tombstone. I meant So you're uh, you're, you're well versed. <laughs> I'm well versed in things where hot dudes have guns. Moving That's Westerns. On. <laughs> yeah. And Predator. Moving on. <laughs> I concede to the actual person from Texas. Uh, and Mexican. Ah, true. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying though. Like with Stephen King, whenever race comes up, mm. you're always like, "Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was part of it. It's just, just I was have waiting. A great track record. No, he means well. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. <laughs> the road to hell and all. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. So we're running a little long. We could Ooh, yeah. move. So yeah. Susan has to. So first, we we meet Rhea, who is an old witch, mm-hmm. um, and she receives from some men that work for the mayor from the Big Coffin Hunters, which is the stupidest yes. name of all time, <laughs> which she which she acknowledges. Uh, they give her something to hold on to, which she immediately looks at, which I appreciate as well. They're like, "Don't look at that." She's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this right now." I mean, and that's it, what I would do. Well, first yeah. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is a big, it's like a big crystal ball. It's a big pink crystal ball. Uh, we will find out this is Merlin's grapefruit. And mm, delicious. She, I know, right? Mm, so good. Sprinkle a little sugar. Delightful. Uh, and she can kind of see visions in it. And she sees some people coming that she can't identify. And then Susan shows up early and she's really pissed off and loses her visions. Yes. Uh, yeah. Susan is there for her virginity test. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is also like a weird, are you possessed by a demon test? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to do that test in this world. You got to cover <laughs> all the angles. Yeah. Which is, are you physically a virgin and have you made any deals with demons? Do you have any teats at which they suckle? 
Right. Uh, Any marks. And and Rhea really resents this young, pretty girl. And so she strives to make this encounter as uncomfortably, as uncomfortable physically and emotionally as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that she, like, there's that part where Susan's just like, well, this is what my dad used to say. And she's like, yeah, your dad died. Yeah. (laughs) So... Not off to a great start. (laughs) Good for him. He used to say stuff, uh, but he died. So, yeah, Yeah. she's she's what we would call full of piss and vinegar. Mm. Just from mostly just piss. Just piss. Yeah. Are we talking about Rhea or Susan? Rhea. (laughs) There's just piss. Yeah. And she has a six-legged cat Mm -hmm. and a snake with double fangs. Yeah. And her house is dirty, and I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, at the but- end of the at the end of their meeting she stops Susan before she leaves and is like oh one other thing and of course we don't find out what the another th- one other thing is until like later in the story yeah but we we get a little backstory here of so the deal is basically that the mayor has an old wife uh she, she's 40 she's 40 she's, right. 40. she cannot so have she's children. done she's pretty much yeah. done she's done I mean in this world I mean to be 40 well, yeah. that's true yeah. I mean, you made it that far. Congratulations. Yeah, really. Just lay in your bed and let him do whatever he wants <laughs> elsewhere, honestly. Uh, so he wants to have Susan have his baby. Uh, Susan is very... I, I appreciate when Susan is thinking about it later, she realizes that her aunt also really tricked her into it by being like, babies are super cute. Because mm-hmm. Susan yeah. is like 14, 15. And, she, you know, she says, you know, I just was playing with dolls not long ago. And like the idea of having a little baby is kind of like, aw. Yeah. That sounds nice. And then mm-hmm. as she got a little older, she's like, wait, there's all this other aspect to it. <laughs> um, this is the part where Rhea is very inappropriate um, mm-hmm. and like assaults her. But yes. that part ends, fortunately, but just long enough for it to really be a now she's a bitter, a bitter old lesbian who is going to enact revenge. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Susan also gets a glimpse at the grapefruit because Rhea is already, she can't go 10 minutes without looking at it. Yeah, there's this like whole long sequence where like Susan goes around to get some wood from the side of the house and the window is open and she looks through, but then she has to pretend she didn't look through. So she crawls (laughs) on her. Like it goes on for a while. Yeah, it's just like, oh, my dress can't get dirty because she'll ask how I got dirty. It's like, well, you stopped to get wood. Right, but then her knees get dirty dirty, and she's like, how'd your knees get dirty? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it does go on for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then on her way home, she hears someone on a horse. Nay. Who could it be? <laughs> I Please, someone else talk right now. I can't handle this. Right it's now. a man. It's a m- m- man. Well, it's a b- b- boy. Yes, it's it a is. boy. It's but she's Holland. a girl, so. Um, yes. I think you mean it's Will. He, he is going by Will Dearborn. He I don't know why jail. I think their pseudonyms are so silly, but they are. There's yeah, they something sound about like them. pseudonyms. They're they, so I mean, bland. They're so yeah. like, hello, I am Will Dearborn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that was the point. I know, but it's just so bland like, and unmemorable. Hello. I love Stephen King's names. I think he's like the master at like naming characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he collaborates with an author, I can always be like, that's not a King name. That's the other author's name <laughs> because he's just so good. And I think he does a good job at actually naming them names that don't sound like Stephen King names, like that sound yeah. like knockoff Stephen King names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he's very, you know, gentlemanly, and Susan's a little bit like, well, golly. Like, he, and he's from the manners. he's from the inner baronies which is a big deal mm-hmm. uh this is when she's like oh i can't ride on a horse because you might look at me but then she gets on the horse and he doesn't look at her and i like that she's a little pissed yeah because <laughs> he's How looking dare. at the oil derricks she's like um i just got on this horse <laughs> and they're, they're telling everyone that they're in town to like they're basically auditing the town yeah <laughs> like i'm sorry how old are you like they're there to like count everything. We're here to count everything just to make sure that like you've got a lot of like to see how many horses you have and how many like Hello, we're a posse of very young boys. Yeah. We're here to do important jobs. Like Their okay. cover story is that they got in trouble and mm-hmm. yeah. have been sent on a like a make work kind of thing, but really <laughs> Which Roland's is still true. Just, I mean that's kinda true, but Roland's dad just wanted to get him away from Martin. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and Cuthbert has a bird skull on his saddle, which but I love at- very much. <laughs> I love how much it pisses Roland off. It really does. It does. It's like you have a stupid bird skull on your saddle and no one will take it seriously because I hate it. And Cuthbert's like, this is my best friend. I don't want to hear you talk about him that way. He's like covering its ears. He's like, he could hear you. In the audiobook, he's they pronounce his name cute bear cute bear i refuse and i was like what are you doing like that why are you, you making know. this harder than it has to be cuthbert's no. just sitting right there cuthbert. yeah uh I, and later I refuse. He's, he's telling his name to shimi and he's like cute bert yeah and i'm just what like eh. Eh. no sorry yeah, yeah. i've yeah, decided i also listened to the audiobook and they call elaine is uh alan yeah alan nope. alan yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, not doing fancy. their fancy pseudo French. Right, <laughs> trying too hard. Trying too hard. Your dad's name is Stephen, and he wears <laughs> denim on denim, so yeah. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they pretty much fall in love instantly. It's mm-hmm. cute. Whatever. You, I you, like the romance stuff a I, lot. I do. I think that it's it's good. It's believable. It's um, you know very melodramatic, mm-hmm. and it feels like uh, uh, it. Okay, this I'm going to compare this to Twilight for a second. Go for it. In the way that Twilight feels like a very melodramatic first love, that mm-hmm. rush of teen hormones just and it feels like it it kind of brings you back to those feelings you had when you were that age. Yeah. Yeah. King is good at that. Mm-hmm. Like King is really good. It, oh, he's the almost, best. Almost as if he's never let it go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh boy (laughs) but yeah if you want if you want if you want a a male a white male writer who knows exactly what it felt like to be a a white teen boy uh falling in love for the first time that's 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 king's bread and butter right there it really is and then the monsters come (laughs) yeah and the weird you have have to hear about sex and it's like no 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 yeah dude come on let's move on what are they doing in new england Yeah, they. I I do like all of that. I like how it annoys his friends because they're there for other reasons, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Stop talking about your girlfriend, dude." <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, can you stop? 
but it's also but, uh, super fraught like because mm-hmm. yeah. because like her position in town is she's it's teetering on a knife's edge already like she's got to see this deal through and they've got to maintain their cover as just mm-hmm. like as just like because they're sort of they're there to get out of trouble but also kind of you know to keep their eye on things yep. there, there's all this stuff going on with john farson yeah uh, there's some conspiracies going on mm-hmm. in the town which mm-hmm. is, i find all that stuff pretty great like yeah i had forgotten how like when they go to the mayor's house for this big party that the mayor throws like they start noticing things pretty much right away like oh you know this guy's lying about how many horses he has and and it's just like yeah i like how they're hiding all of these things in plain sight throughout Mm -hmm. like there's way more horses than they're telling these boys there's way more of everything basically yeah, and you got the big coffin hunters there who are like, all like who are who have been hired as like bodyguards for the mayor, mm-hmm. but like that doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. so I I do like how Roland and his gang they all they each have their own strengths, mm-hmm. uh, and they all notice different things and they get out of sticky situations in different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's 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 Stephen King I think at his best character work like. Mm-hmm. Here is how these characters are all going to rub up against each other and how everyone's secrets are going to accidentally get exposed because of the because of specific character flaws mm-hmm. uh, and pride and, you know, like lust and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it like it almost once it starts coming together, it comes together very well. Yeah, it has a lot yeah. of moving parts. But mm-hmm. when it when every when, you know, everything stops turning, it's like, oh, you know, everything kind of fits where it's supposed. Yeah. To. Yeah. And I think he's also, King is also very good at when it starts to kind of sow discord within within his initial, his original content. Uh, it's not, I think a lot of authors would immediately just sort of make it jealousy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that, but it's also, it's not just the jealousy of, oh, Roland's got, you know, a hot girlfriend. It's like, but we're your best friends and now you're hanging out with her and we had this it's... mission and you're doing this other thing. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just wanted to hang out here with this bird skull on my saddle, and suddenly you have a girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, and, plus, you okay. know, Roland is supposed to be uh, in charge. He's supposed yeah, to he's be... Yeah, because he's the gunslinger. Yeah. He's the, old, he's like, the only oh. one that's passed so far, so... Yeah. I just think a lot of people would have just made it, like, they all have a crush on, on Susan. Right. Oh, and... yeah. And they're like, maybe there's probably a little of that, because I mean, apparently she's the only pretty girl in town, so they're just like, <laughs> that one, yay. <laughs> but, yeah, I like that there's just all these other elements of, but I thought we were going to do this stuff, and okay. And we also get a good sense of, like, just what it means to be a gunslinger out in this world now. Like, there's a... Like people can tell that there is a certain weight to Roland, even though he's a young boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, that just sort of comes with being a gunslinger, and then when the word gets the word gets thrown around by people, and it's just, even though they still exist, there is a mythic quality about mm-hmm. them. And unlike being a knight or you know like a you know like a, a magic user, being a gunslinger can be hidden simply by hiding your gun. And <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's pretty much what Roland. What's interesting is that's what Roland has to do. He can't just turn to his weapon. He, none of it. Yeah. None of the guys can, in order to maintain their cover. So they have to figure out other ways out of situations, including slingshots and <laughs> knives. It's because they didn't bring Jamie and his bow and arrow. That's true. I think this is the first time we we've heard about them before, but this is the first time we meet some someone that has failed. 
at being oh, a yeah. gunslinger. Yeah. Because Eldra Jonas, who's the mm-hmm. sort of ringleader of the big coffin hunters, who is so clearly supposed to be Sam Elliott. But then the, I was listening to the audiobook and I was like, how did you get this so wrong? Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he's actually a failed gunslinger. Right. Which is, yeah, so you get this, you get this deep, you start getting these like deep looks into this world that we've only ever had hints about before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that, but I also don't like that. Like, I kind of like the world being shrouded in mystery a bit, mm. but he does it so well that I can't help but in, like enjoy the, the, the craft that goes into it. Because in all the other books, Roland is in a dead world. He's yeah. from a dead world. And now you're seeing it like maybe in its dying phases phase, but it's still thriving. It's still alive. Yeah. I, I think that that's part of the reason that it is this one for me, especially is that it's just so bittersweet because I feel like so much fantasy and sci-fi does depend on a sort of it used to be better yeah and there are times that you kind of wish like well it would have been cool if we could have seen that when it was better mm. you know that's so prevalent in the lord of the rings and in all the shannara books and things like that where it's just mm-hmm. like remember when things were a lot cooler like there would yeah. be a lot less tension but it would be nice it would be cool to see a world where you know the elves are at full capacity or the gunslingers are like at the top of their game things like that you know but i guess that's not as dramatic right <laughs> i do like the when he meets susan he keeps calling her side she's like um you're making me feel really old yeah cut it out i need you to stop <laughs> Uh, stop calling me that. Don't <laughs> He's call like, me oh. ma'am. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> He's like, okay. I call you girl. Hi, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. He's like, yeah. I, I've had sex one time. Just want to throw <laughs> right. it out there. Yeah. I like that they had to, they had to at least have Roland have had sex one time. So that when the sex starts happening, you... You don't just have a sex scene, I guess, with, like, two people who've never had sex? Like... Yeah, two people figuring it out for the first time. <laughs> His friends are just like, you only left, like, ten minutes ago. You're back right. already? <laughs> All right. right. But, no, apparently he's already the best at sex. He's the best well, at sex. Well, of course. Yeah. That's why, no matter where he is in any of these books, there's some woman being like, what if we had sex right now? Say. (laughs) You look like you're not diseased. (laughs) (laughs) See, I will take that for for Allie, but I feel like everyone else, you're just like, no, you guys are just bored. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What's her name in that last one? Irene there. She just had nothing else to do with her day. (laughs) Uh, And we do get to, we get to see the the boys all be heroic as, as Mm -hmm. they save Shimi from from certain death the uh, yeah the, uh, or the... certain humiliation and certain death yeah. yeah yeah because being killed is bad but being humiliated before you're killed is somehow so much worse yeah 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 i want to believe that while he's telling this story at certain points he mentions like the bird skull and eddie's like that sounds really cool <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if i could get one of those he's like looking around like oh it sounds is... kind of fun Sort of, I don't know, it, it's it's a powder keg of all of these different elements mm-hmm. coming together. And, you know, Roland and Susan, like, fighting this attraction while she's having all this pressure, while he's figuring out that not everything there is as it seems. 
it just all it's such a good mix yeah yeah because when he starts figuring out isn't it that the town is actually working against the affiliation yes uh, mm-hmm. they all claim to be for the affiliation and we find out that they they're probably they're hoarding supplies mm-hmm. presumably to give to john farson the uh yeah, the, the sort of like they've even of- got like oil tankers that they filled with oil from the oil patch. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know apparently Farson has like means of refining oil, mm-hmm. so he can use like you know tanks and guns and things like that. And they're called like Sitgo and Conoco. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old the old world. Yeah, which I, I love because. Conoco is an obsolete term. Now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like but saying also, Pan Am. <laughs> but in my imagination, it was always like that the, of course, like the oil companies in our world found a way through to their world just to do of business. Course. Like, oh, of course, yeah. like they were the ones who breached the, who breached the, the border between the worlds first because. Uh. Well, and that was something that I think, uh we talked about when we've talked about the movie which was that they tried to indicate that but mostly just by being like i don't know there's like a bus over there (laughs) well maybe there is a bus theme park i don't know (laughs) there's part of theme park and of course it had a pennywise joke because we can't possibly disassociate from it at any time in our existence (laughs) nope nope everywhere you turn yeah it's the only stephen king property that exists apparently yeah that clown likes to dance he does (laughs) loves to dance he loves to dance and he loves to be in plush form at target mm-hmm. where my daughter says i don't like that clown it's silly that's the plot of the book yeah <laughs> like that's... i don't like that clown it's silly she'd be fine she'd be fine because he'd be like i'm a big spider and she'd be like uh-huh well all you have to... apparently all you have to do is yell at him and he shrinks into a baby and i'm sure oh. she'd be fine doing that Oh my god! But then we wouldn't get be rid of it because she'd be like, "Oh, a baby! I better take care of this." Like, oh no! I think that happens in one of the later Dark Tower books. Actually, yeah. <laughs> there is a Spider Baby, and yeah. my daughter would be delighted. She was very sad to learn Spider Man, not a man-sized spider. Aww. Uh, oh, god. I mean, that's she... this is kind of where we leave off, though. Mm-hmm. With the whole town sort of in on this conspiracy, and Mm -hmm. Roland and Susan just can't fight that feeling anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, I'm looking at your note in the show notes, and I was looking at this last thing, and I was like, Susan gives in to what? Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The inevitable. (laughs) The phrasing was just like, Susan gives in. (laughs) Oh, why? Yeah. Yes, she does. It's not like he Um, wore her down or anything. No, 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 no. no. It was just, I was trying to think of what else. I was like, wait, but that, she doesn't, what? (laughs) Oh, right. They do, they do the deed. They do. They do indeed. Three times. And then we find out. (laughs) Good for them. Oh, yeah. And he is the best ever. Good for them, kids. Because our first time is apparently amazing. Yeah. That's how you know. I mean, how many romance novels have you read? Yeah, lots. (laughs) Come on. I mean, there are some authors now, I will say, like, that are, like, Tessa Dare's last couple books have really made a lot of efforts to have the first time be really just terrible, like, not enjoyable at all. <laughs> true, and I true, appreciate true. that, honestly, like, after when the guy's like, so she's like, yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> Is that it? Great. <laughs> I, I I kind of appreciate that little dose of reality. So, 
Well, I think Susan is also like living with like the idea that this is as good as it's ever going to get. So I better oh, yeah. like I better get the most out of this right now because my future otherwise is appalling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And good. Do we get to what the curse was? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So Rhea had cursed her that something would happen as soon as she had lost her virginity, mm-hmm. and it was just that she's going to cut off her hair. Yeah. Which is kind of just a jerk thing Rhea it's, did for her own amusement. Yeah, yeah just a because sauce curse she knew that her really. hair was beautiful and that the mayor yeah. would be super into it, and because uh, Susan rejected her sexual assault, and she's just like, you know what? Uh, after you lose your virginity, you're gonna cut all your hair off, mm-hmm. and then you'll be ugly. Yeah. Yes. Or at least <laughs> okay. Because you know, okay. girls with short hair are just hideous. Well, to be fair, I'm sure Roland would have been like. All right, whatever you want to do, um, cool. <laughs> but the mayor does sound like he'd have been like, "Ugh." But Roland's not like that because he manages no. to stop her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I true. do like that he's mostly just like, "Uh, sweetie." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You okay? He knows. He knows what a hypnotized person is. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been it's down that road. <laughs> Sweetheart. Uh. Yes. This is awkward. So he uses he had, his gunslinger bullet magic or whatever. Yeah, he they had you know they had a class on that or two. Oh right. my god, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so to see someone who's hypnotized and you didn't do it, yeah. here's what you do. Yeah, and, because uh, Rhea has been watching things develop in this in the glass this whole time. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. She's she's a grody. So gross. She's she's a grody. Uh, yeah. But she can't well, hear it, she is. so she can't hear what they're doing. So, uh, uh, unlike unlike uh, unlike, I guess Roland as an adult, he doesn't have to listen to people have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that it just seems a little uncouth. <laughs> and I mean, I think I told the story in the previous one. I have been camping with people who decided that their best use of their half of the tent was to have sex, and it was like <laughs> we, we we know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not just, fun for anybody but you guys. Yeah. Quick FYI. Uh, I know it's We're going all on. really having a bad time over here. <laughs> We're all in the same tent together. <laughs> There's a partition, but it's just made of vinyl. So. Yeah. Just so, throw that out there. Anyways, I think that's <sighs> that's a great place to put a pin in part one of this. Um, it's otherwise. Part one. I know we've got the whole other half of the book to talk about next, but we're going to have some returning guests, uh, Jay and Sean from two guys to the dark tower came podcast are going to come back and talk about that with us. I just, this isn't, it's not getting to me anymore on my, my reread. I thought maybe I was, I'm trying to give it this other chance, but I'm still just like, uh uh-huh. When are we going to get back to the other stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Except now I know what the other stuff is, and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to thank Phil for joining us today. Thank you, Phil. Well, thanks for having me. Would you like to plug your shows? I would love to plug my shows. Uh, If you want to listen to my voice, I guess, for other, for like, for reasons. If you're (laughs) like, hey, I want to hear this guy. Uh, I have a podcast called uh, Deep in Bear Country that I've been doing for five and a half years where I've been covering wow. every book in the Berenstain Bears series, uh, all the 50 plus years of the Berenstain Bears. I have a podcast I do with my daughter, Willow, called It's Del Toro Time. It's a Guillermo del Toro adjacent podcast uh, since the 
problems with disease began. We've been covering uh, all the short stories in David G. Hartwell's The Dark Descent. So if you like horror stories and discussion of that, uh, that's where you can find that. And then I have a podcast called Pizza Toast that I do with Christy Admiral, where we are discussing the uh, Netflix Babysitter's Club series, the HBO Babysitter's Club series, and all sorts of Babysitter's Club ephemera. Yay! Yay! <laughs> well, as always, you can find us over at thespool.net, where we write about film and television. We're on Twitter and Instagram at WeirdingPod. Or you can always send us a letter, weirdingpodcast at gmail.com. We always appreciate getting mail from you guys. Yes, Unless you're t- writing to tell us we're too negative to enjoy. In that case, you can just <laughs> keep that thought to yourself. Or make it part of your uh, iTunes review. Yeah, mm. I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. Join join that club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so until oh. next time, take care, stay safe, and stay on the path of the beam. 